Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Wendy and I are continuing our trip in Southern Africa, and this time we're coming to you from Swaziland, and we're going to talk about an amazing festival that we saw while we were in Swaziland. But before we start, I'd like to remind you that you can get a special deal of 10 US dollars in italki credits with your first purchase by going to go.italki.com slash English in 10 minutes. Studying with native speaking italki teachers is already more affordable than schools, tutors, and software, and the special offer makes it even cheaper. All right, so moving on to Swaziland. Actually, we weren't even going to go to Swaziland. No, we were in South Africa and we were planning to go directly to Mozambique from South Africa. We had considered Swaziland, we'd read a little bit about it, but there was nothing that really grabbed our attention, nothing that really looked like something that we just had to see there. So we thought, oh, it would be better to just move on to another country that we know more about and know that we do want to visit. Right, because Swaziland is a very small country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more or less contained within South Africa. It does share a border with Mozambique as well. Um, but yeah, it's a small country. And, you know, if you spend a lot of time in South Africa, perhaps it doesn't have that much to offer by itself. Right, because you can go on a safari there, but we had already been on a safari in South Africa, so it has a lot of the same attractions, and we didn't think there was anything really compelling drawing us to Swaziland until we found out about the reed dance. Okay, and so basically the day before we were going to go to Mozambique, we were told by a South African that there was this reed dance festival in Swaziland, and we didn't know anything about it, we'd never heard of it, Um, and so we said, okay, well, let's go and check it out. Yep, and that was a very good decision, I'm glad that we did that. Um, It was actually a much bigger event than I had imagined, and much bigger than... Uh, this person had told us. We had asked him a few questions about the event. I'm not sure that he had ever been there himself. He just knew about it kind of secondhand. Um, So he, for example, I asked him how many women are involved, and I'll explain a little bit uh, in a minute about what happens, but it's women and girls who are dancing in this event. So I asked him how many, and he said, oh, maybe 400, maybe more. It depends on how many want to come. Well, it turns out that there were 120,000 girls and women at this year's Reed Dance. Right, so slightly more than 400. Yeah, just a little more. (laughs) (laughs) So it was the biggest festival that I've ever seen of that kind, the biggest traditional festival. I mean, we have seen dances and other types of celebrations in Africa before, but nothing on this scale. Okay, so we arrived in Swaziland last Friday, and we'd been told that this festival was going to be on the Saturday, but in fact it was going to be more on the Sunday, and then the biggest day was the Monday. And so we spent four nights in Swaziland, basically just to wait for this festival. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the Sunday and the Monday are the two biggest days. It's actually an eight-day festival 
I think. Um, But there's really two major days. And even within the two major days, there's this one major day, which was uh, on the Monday, and that's the second last day. Yes, the the seventh of the eight days. So it does go for eight days, the whole celebration, but the actual dancing is on day six and seven. And on the other days, they're doing other kinds of activities. And so this day six and day seven, they're the days that we went to see the festival. So on day six, what happens? Well, uh, so you have women and girls from all over the country and also a few from outside the country as well because the ethnic group Swazi, uh, not everyone who is part of this ethnic group lives in Swaziland. There are also Swazis who live in South Africa and I believe in other neighboring countries as well. So a few of them come and participate in the festival and then you have uh, girls and young women from every corner of Swaziland uh, coming to the the royal residence where the queen mother lives and what they do is they go out into these reed beds and they cut reeds these long reeds that they then carry back with them to the queen mother's residence and they leave them there for her and this is a form of tribute labor so uh, these reeds will be used to repair the Queen Mother's house, or perhaps not the house itself, but the kinds of fences that go around the the royal residence. And so you can imagine 120,000 girls and women, they are able to carry back a lot of reeds, and this is very helpful for, for the Queen and the rest of the royal family. And so it's to pay tribute to the Queen. It's also meant to preserve the girls' chastity because all of the girls are virgins. They have to be uh, unmarried, uh, they have to not have had any children, and they have to be virgins in order to participate in the reed dance. And so it's a way to encourage them to abstain from having sex before marriage. So that's a big part of the purpose of the festival. And then there's also another Uh, aspect that is not necessarily an official part of it, but often the king will choose a wife for himself from among the women who are participating. And the king currently has, I believe, 15 wives. So I'm not sure if he chose another one this year or not. We were told that his mother, the queen mother, had prohibited him from choosing another wife because she thought that he was abusing his powers and that 15 was more than enough already and that he didn't need any more wives. I think that's probably a good call. Yeah, it's also funny that even the king has to answer to his own mother yeah. in that way. But in fact, the queen mother has a lot of power within Swaziland. It's not just the standard mother of the king uh, because she served as a, a kind of regent uh, right. at one point prior to that uh, prior to him taking power for himself so she has more yeah she has more power and more respect and this kind of thing than standard mothers of kings i suppose yeah yeah i think that's fair to say so on the sixth day the girls return from the reed beds and they deposit their reeds at the queen mother's residence and then they perform the first dance of the two days of dancing and this takes place inside a stadium that's actually a private stadium that belongs to the royal family so it's inside their royal residence this is one of the very few times of the year that the royal residence is open to the public normally it's closed to the public 
public, but on this special day, the two days of the reed dance, everyone can come in, to the stadium and watch the girls dance. And so that's what we did. Right. So those are people from Swaziland and also uh, foreigners like us who either happened to be there or who had come especially for it. Although it's a bit hard to plan a trip around this festival, even though it's a famous festival within Swaziland, because they don't announce the dates until quite late. Yeah. So it's always around the same time of the year, usually late August or early September, but you don't know exactly what dates until maybe just a few weeks before the event. And so for the rest of day six and then for all of day seven, it was about watching these girls dance and they're all in groups from mm -hmm. their various villages or, mm -hmm. or wherever they happen to come from. And then each group is dressed in a slightly different way. Mm -hmm. um, they're dressed in traditional clothing. It's very colorful clothing. There's a little bit of a catch to it though. Right. You mean that they're topless? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we would exactly say topless, but they're bare-breasted. <laughs> right. So they're not wearing any kind of top, any clothing on the upper part of their body. And so there's 120,000 of them and they're all dancing uh, like that and it's a pretty amazing spectacle. It is, yes. And they're singing and chanting at the same time, singing different songs and... Yeah, it is spectacular. I've never seen so many people dancing in one place before. Um, so it was fabulous. Now, I will say day six and day seven, to me, seemed largely the same. We kept hearing from locals, oh, day seven is the big day. That's that's where you really have to go. If you want to go on day six, okay, go ahead. But day seven is really where it's at. To me, it seemed like they were both pretty much the same. The girls did pretty much the same thing on both days and I think the number of girls participating was about the same on both days but day seven was obviously much more important for the local people there was a much larger crowd attending the king was there the king was there both days but um, he actually came out on the field on the stadium field and walked around and everyone ran around him trying to get photographs of him it was a bit chaotic um, so yeah I, we might not have understood all of the minute details and particularities of what made that day seven important, but just to see the whole spectacle was really amazing. Thanks for listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com.